Marxism and Anarchism Selected Reading from the Communist The Former Theoretical Organ of the Communist Party USA and the Current Theoretical Organ of the Party of Communists USA Marxism and Anarchism by Emilian Yaroslavsky December 1934 The First International arose in the period of animation of the labor movement after the years of calm which followed the defeat of the revolution of 1848. During this period of capitalism's development, which was closely bound up with the revolution in technique, in the mode of production, and in the means of transport, capitalism penetrated into the most backward countries of Europe. Capitalism ruined millions of small patrons and artisans, and intensified the contradictions between the pre-capitalist economic forms, which were in decadence, and the capitalist forms, which were in the ascendance. Millions of proletarians who were thrown by capitalism into the terrors of famine and poverty sought an escape in the organized revolutionary movement. It was at the same time the epoch of national movements and of the creation of national states. The wars of this period contributed indirectly to the development of the revolutionary movement. One must emphasize particularly the great influence of the American Civil War of 1861 to 1865. The events in America, as Marx said in the preface to the first volume of Capital, were the toxin for the labor movement in Europe. This labor movement did not find at the outset its true path. Quote, 30 years ago, Lenin wrote in 1905, Marxism did not dominate even in Germany, where the prevailing conceptions were, one may say, transitory, mixed, eclectic, intermediate between petty bourgeois socialism and proletarian socialism. In the Latin countries, in France, Spain, and Belgium, the theories which were most widely spread among the advanced workers were Proudhonism, Blancism, and Anarchism, which expressed the viewpoint of the petty bourgeois and not that of the proletarian. End quote. While Marx and Engels, in the First International, represented the organized proletarian labor movement, whose aims was the conquest of political power by the proletariat in order to crush the exploiters, destroy the classes, and create the classless socialist society. Bakunin, in the First International, was the representative of the petty bourgeoisie, which had been ruined by capitalism, and of the quote-unquote proletariat in tatters. Marx, the theoretical and practical guide of the First International, had a large revolutionary experience in the advanced European movement. The essence of his teachings was the theory of the dictatorship of the proletariat. Marx was convinced, and history has confirmed him, that, quote, between capitalist and communist society lies a period of revolutionary transformation from the one to the other. There corresponds also to this 
a political transition period during which the state can be nothing else than the revolutionary dictatorship of the proletariat. End quote. Critique of the Gotha Program. In 1866, Bakunin constructed the scheme of his, quote, occult international, in which he developed his anarchist system. The basis of this system is the negation of any state, the negation of the dictatorship of the proletariat, and of political struggle. It is with these conceptions that Bakunin entered the First International, and he became its pernicious influence by carrying on a schismatic policy against Marx and Engels and fostering intrigues against them. This activity of Bakunin and the Bakuninists was one of the causes for the dissolution of the First International. The anarchists took a hostile position towards Marx on the fundamental question of the state and the dictatorship of the proletariat. Their arch-revolutionary phraseology, their philippics against the state, were able to deceive the proletarians who were backward from a political point of view. But above all, they influenced the petty bourgeois who were maddened by the horrors of the revolution. The ideas of this social stratum have been expressed above all by such men as Max Stirner, Proudhon, Kropotkin, Jean Grave, Malatesta, and other chiefs of international anarchism. That is why they were enchanted by phrases about the complete death, about the negation of the state. That is why the mere idea of the dictatorship of the proletariat acted on them like a bugbear. It is characteristic, as Lenin emphasized in 1917, Plekhanov and Kotsky completely omitted from their critiques of anarchism the most urgent question, which is politically the most important in the struggle against anarchism. The connections between the state and the revolution, the question of the state in general. The negative attitude of the anarchists toward the dictatorship of the proletariat springs directly out of their negative attitude toward the state. The anarchists explain the necessity of abstention from participation in political life by their negative attitude toward every state. If every state is a noose for the workers, then what matter the form of the noose? The anarchists declared that the workers should not choose between serfdom and capitalism, between different forms of the state. The false conception of the role of classes in contemporary society led Bakunin to his conception of the, quote, equalization of classes, end quote, which he opposed to the communist formulation on the suppression of the classes. The problem of the state had become particularly acute at the time of the Paris Commune. In his remarkable pamphlet, The Bakuninists at Work, Engels unmasked the inconsistency of the Bakunist theories. He showed on the basis of the examples in Spain that every time that the Bakuninists had to meet a revolutionary situation, quote, they were obliged to throw overboard their entire previous program, end quote. At the time of the Spanish Revolution of 1873, they participated in the governing committees of the separate towns 
contrary to their principles, and everywhere they exhibited utter impotence. Quote, the Bakuninists in Spain, Engels concluded, give us a classic example of how not to make the revolution, end quote. From the false conceptions of the anarchists on the state, on the political struggle, and on the dictatorship of the proletariat, arose their views on the party. For the Marxists, the creation of an independent revolutionary party of the proletariat is the first condition, which is indispensable for the victory of the proletarian revolution. The anarchists reject the formation of such a party organized according to the principles of democratic centralism. For the Marxists, the essential condition for the victory of the proletariat is arming the working class with the revolutionary theory of Marxism-Leninism. The anarchists asserted that the workers and the peasants had nothing to learn. According to the Bakuninists, the peasants are quote-unquote, eternal rebels who do not need to learn anything. Therefore, one does not need to propagandize communist ideas among them. It is sufficient to organize their revolt in the various localities. When in the recent period, the Soviets arose as organs of insurrection, as germs of the revolutionary state power, the anarchists naturally adopted a scornful, distrustful, negative attitude toward these organizations. The birth of the Soviets, especially the advent of the Soviet state, dealt a mortal blow to the anarchist ideas. When the Bolsheviks were accused of anarchism, Lenin several times pointed out that the anarchists reject the utilization of the state power by the revolutionary proletariat during the period of transition toward communism while we Marxists believe that this utilization of the state power in the interests of crushing the exploiters and suppressing the classes is the indispensable condition for the victory of communism. That is why Marx and Lenin asserted that there is an abyss separating anarchism and socialism. One of the sources of the false conceptions of the anarchists is that they mistake the effect for the cause. Thus, the anarchists put the suppression of the right of inheritance into their program as an essential demand, justifying this demand by the fact that property is based on inheritance. The Marxists had to explain to the anarchists that the right of inheritance is only the consequence of a social regime based on the division of classes on the monopoly of the means of production, which is concentrated in the hands of one class. The anarchists demanded the suppression of religion, of cults, instead of conducting a systematic preserving struggle, a systematic anti-religious propaganda to exterminate the roots of religion. The anarchists proposed plans for struggle against war, which were very quote-unquote radical on the surface. 25 years ago, Gustave Hervé proposed, as an anarchist, that all the soldiers should desert on the day when war was declared. But when the World War broke out, not only did Hervé turn into a chauvinist, but the most prominent theoreticians of anarchism, such as Kropotkin, Grave, 
Cornelison, changed into partisans of the imperialist war. The present-day labor movement should treat anarchism as an enemy which breaks the organized revolutionary struggle while covering itself with anarchist phrases. The example of the anarchist movement in Spain is particularly suggestive. From the beginning of the revolution of 1931, the anarchists, along with the reformists, broke the strikes of the workers and disorganized the mass movement of the workers and peasants. Their role as strikebreakers was especially fatal in the recent struggle of the Spanish working class against the clerical and fascist Leroux Gil Robles reaction. Anarchism also tried to penetrate into the Bolshevik party by taking advantage of its difficulties and using as a path the petty bourgeois elements in the party. Lenin characterized the hatred of the Mensheviks toward proletarian discipline as an anarchist trait, and he fought relentlessly against Trotsky's quote-unquote lordly anarchism. After the revolution of 1905, the Bolshevik party had to fight against the anarchist tendencies of the ultra-leftists of the quote-unquote advance group. In 1916, Lenin fought against Comrade Bukharin's false ideas on the state. At that time, Bukharin was sliding toward a semi-anarchist conception of the state. He recognized an opposition in principle toward the state without making a distinction between the proletarian state and the capitalist state, and he defended the necessity of quote-unquote breaking up the state in general. In 1920-1921, Lenin and the Bolshevik Party conducted an energetic struggle against the anarcho-syndicalist deviation of the Shlopnikov group, the quote-unquote labor opposition that was decisively condemned by the 10th Congress of the Bolshevik Party in 1921. Certain comrades are often misled by the fact that on several occasions, Bakunin declared that he believed in Marx's dialectical materialism. However, this was only a verbal and formal recognition. Events show that Bakunin entered into the First International in order to dissolve it from within. All the further struggle of the working class shows that in this collision of two political systems, of two political conceptions, Marx was completely in the right. There is not a single point where Bakunin was not wrong. The Bolshevik party developed and strengthened itself under the banner of Marxism. Marx's conception, which was developed by Lenin and Stalin, has become the theory and the tactics of the international proletariat. The greatest movement in our epoch, the epoch of the proletarian revolution, is developing under the banner of Marxism-Leninism. What has become of the theory of anarchism and its practice? Complete decomposition. It suffices to mention the fact that, in the period of the magnificent struggle of the masses of workers and peasants for Soviet power, for socialism, against the landlords and the capitalists, the Kulak enemies of the revolution found a leader and an ideological organizer in the Ukraine in the person of the anarchist Adaman, Makhno, who died several months ago and who cleverly linked the anarchist theory with Jewish pogroms and the massacre of communists. Historical experience, 
shows all the harmfulness, all the theoretical and practical inconsistency of anarchism. The struggle against anarchist ideology, against all its manifestations, is an important task of the Communist Party. The Communists are victorious in the USSR, and tomorrow they will be victorious throughout the world by fighting ceaselessly against all non-proletarian and anti-proletarian tendencies. Thank you for listening to this reading from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. Join us on Discord, support us at newoutlookpublishers.net, and visit peopleschool.org to sign up for free classes.